and, and that's what I told you about, you know, being around Santos's parents, especially hugging his mom. Like, there's just a sweet presence of the Lord mm. around her and the yeah. rest of the family. Like, when you're around them, right. you just know, like, no, these are people who pray. Right. These are people who love the <clears throat> Lord. These are people who sacrificially give and sacrificially right. serve. So there's just something there. It's like, you know, God's here. Yeah. I don't have to struggle. I don't right. have to work. I don't have to strive. He's going to give me what I need in the moment. Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister, your host for Journey Fellowship Church. Joining me today here is Pastor Al Sharche, who is fresh back from India. I'm here. So you and Pastor Hans were in India for about 10 days. 10 days. Yeah, so I want you to take us through the journey. Now, you were there. Your purpose was to go serve uh, Pastor Santos and Anjali in Journey India. Yep. Uh, they have the main campuses in uh, Rajamundri. Uh, is that right? Gangavaram. Oh, okay. And then they have 15 other Journey campuses, counting right. that one. Is that is that right? Correct. How many of them did you get to visit? Uh I think like eight of them or something like so, that. I'd have to go back and do the yeah. look at it exactly, but it was about eight. So you went to bring encouragement mm-hmm. uh, to Pastor Santos mm-hmm. to uh, train yep. uh, some of the pastors and also to assess where we can build the next journey campus. Right. So I want you to tell some stories today, Al. There's some great stories to tell. But let's start at the beginning when you were just um, working on the logistics. Yeah. I mean, we're post-pandemic, we're travel restrictions, we got all kind of, you know, new things happening. Yeah. What was it like planning an international trip? Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't terribly hard, but it was a little bit, I'd say that it's a little confusing as far as what some of the different um, COVID restrictions are and aren't based upon what country you're traveling through. Yeah. So a lot of the information that's on the internet, some of it is recent and relevant. Some of it is outdated. So it's easy to find the wrong stuff. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of scam websites out there, you know, yeah. trying to help you to h- hurry through a process for e-visas and things like that. So right. it wasn't um, terribly hard, but it defi- it's definitely time-consuming. So how many countries did you actually go through? U.S., then you went to England, yep. and then from England where? So we flew, the flight there was from here to Charlotte, okay. which is only like an hour and a half. Which is like a foreign country too. Basically, <laughs> yeah, if you've ever been to the East Coast. Sorry, Charlotte. No. <laughs> so from here to Charlotte, and then from Charlotte to London, and then from London to Chennai, India. Okay. And so that was all the international flights. Yeah. And then leave the air, the international airport in Chennai, which is always fun. And then go, walk yeah. on down a mile or two to the um, to where the domestic terminal is, yeah. and then hop on a domestic flight. Right. And then the, the, the domestic flight took us from Chennai to Rajamundri, yeah. and then there in Rajamundri is where Santos and his family met us, picked us up from. So, so that's kind of the nearest big city. We yeah. we continue to say like Rajamundri, but they're really an hour and a half outside of Rajamundri. Oh, is that right? And then all of the um, churches, all yeah. of that is outside, you know, a good yeah. couple of hours outside of that big city of Rajamundri. Yeah. So you at New Orleans, Charlotte, London, correct? Rajamundri. London, Chennai. Chennai. Then, then Rajamundri. So uh, it was four international airports, and then you got to go to a, a, right. a domestic airport. Correct. Yeah. Right. And then did you take any other flights inside of India? Just Chennai to Rajamundri. And then from there you were uh, cars, trucks, buses. Yeah. What was your... A car. Travel. Cars. Yeah, Santos had a, had a vehicle, and then um, a guy who works for him, yeah. Muslea, drove any, us around. Any um, 
testing required? Like you have to prove that you're negative with COVID anywhere? You did have, yeah, actually we did have to, to go take a COVID test prior to, which, you know, wasn't all that. In the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. But not in England or? I didn't have to take any additional tests. Yeah, we didn't. just needed to prove within, before 72 hours of flying gotcha. that you were negative. Yeah, and so you, you either there. had to have a COVID shot or you had to be test negative. How long was the trip in hours from beginning 28 to hours. End? 28? 28. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long day. That's a long day and another day. Yeah. 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 Did you did a lot, a lot of sleeping probably, huh? Try. Yeah. I, I brought melatonin, but, you yeah. know, your body, everything is kind of... Yeah. So it was the craziest thing because, you know, so from the flight from London... So from Charlotte to London was already at... It was already nighttime, like oh, regular nighttime. That's kind of nice. Yeah, it was super kinda nice. Kind of built-in sleep time. So yeah. we we left Charlotte, I want to say it was like 1030 at night. Oh, sweet. So that was that worked out really well. Slept, yeah. you know, a good portion of the time to London. Got it. But then by the time you land in in London, it's I think it was like eight in the morning or something like that. Yeah. And then we're gonna fly all the way to uh, to Chennai. So that's when you're you doubling up on the melatonin. Yeah, right. <laughs> you get a good night's rest, and you yeah. wake up and you realize you've only been sleeping three hours. <laughs> like oh crap, oh, my man, seven more close. hours of this to go. Oh, We're not even close yet. It's the it's the most miserable. Yeah. So that was that was very hard. You know, the whole traveling aspect of it. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't take into consideration. Yeah jet lag right you know on the way there and especially on the way back yeah totally so you guys were in coach trying to sleep with no leg room and no you know i, I just love how the seats lean back you press the button and it goes back and, and this guy's sitting right on top it's of an me inch and a half <laughs> like this oh okay it's all it goes back. yeah well it's it's an experience yeah so much so that hans and i were like okay we're gonna upgrade for the flight back we're we're paying the difference i don't care how much it costs <laughs> gonna, i don't know what it is we're gonna go to business class, yeah we're huh? we're not yeah. doing this again what's the difference i don't know we didn't yeah. so we were able to check in early enough yeah. for the flight back that we were able to uh to move some seats around ah, nice. and uh, and the lord was gracious to us he answered our prayers so we didn't have anybody sitting in between us for either flight from chennai to yeah. london or london straight back to new orleans nice so we had we had space between us yeah it was a row of three ah. and nobody was in the center hans was on one end i was on the other so it you worked spread your wings. and we didn't have to pay any extra money oh my gosh that's even better yeah now the flight there like i said was a different story yeah. you had somebody sitting right up on top so of you was it a, a wide body jet you were in with those three different four sections? rows i think oh my gosh yeah, yeah. it was big it's a lot of people man. yeah it was a lot of people a lot of noise yeah so the first culture shock came on the plane when we landed in chennai um you know a lot of what we hear about India, some of it is true, some of it is a stereotype. One of the things that is true is just the the, the garbage. I yeah. mean, it just is what it is. There's right. no nice way to say it. Right. There's a lot of waste. There's People aren't recycling. Yeah. <laughs> people aren't. When you on, land. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when the plane, even, so when the plane landed, we didn't even get off the plane. Yeah. And I just noticed as we were walking down, down the aisles, like all the waste on the floor. Yeah. So, you know, typically if we're, you get done eating, they come through, hey, can you take this? And they throw yeah. it away. Right. I, I just happened to notice when we were walking out, it was like one of the first things I noticed when we landed in Chennai. I hadn't even got off the plane yet. And it just, all of the Indian people on there, they're very quick to just kind of drop stuff all over the floor, which was very like, gosh, what the heck is going on? Like, yeah. <laughs> why are you throwing this stuff on the floor? Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. Right. It's just cultural. It's a yeah. cult. It was definitely a cultural thing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Traveling was a, was, was a challenge because yeah. you think you're going to sleep and you don't. And you got somebody else's elbows all on top of you and, and everything else. So. 
So when you finally get there and you're in uh, India, what is your first day like? Are you guys just worn out? Yeah, so we landed in Rajamundri at uh, 12 o'clock or 12.30. So basically we landed in the middle of the day, had been traveling for 28 hours. Yeah. There is no go to sleep because you're going to mess everything up. You have to force yourself to stay awake. Yeah for the remainder of the day and and santos knew he was a great host he knew he was like hey we're not going to the hotel we're gonna go you know probably six or seven o'clock tonight yeah because he knew like you guys are gonna crash as soon as we get there right. and then we're gonna be no good for ministry tomorrow right so when we landed and, and i didn't realize this until after the fact but when we landed in rajamundri um, you know, his whole family came and met us at the airport, which right. obviously I knew that, but I didn't realize how big of a deal it was to get them all there. I didn't yeah. know they all live, you know, an hour and a half away. Right. So um, they we land at the airport in uh, Rajamundri. You've got two, three carloads of people who literally meet us there. They have, you know, prayer shawls mm-hmm. that they kind of drape along yeah. all, all on us, and then they put a, a gar. A, a, a garland of roses and flowers yeah. and they're handing us bouquets of flowers. So I'm yeah. holding three bouquets of flowers. Hans is holding three bou we've been we just got off the plane. You I, got, that I got my backpack on. <laughs> I got you know, we got twenty eight hours of yeah. you know, I'm barely holding my eyes open. I'm like, hey, this is kinda cool. <laughs> like yeah. but I saw the pictures that day when y'all sent me the uh, the daily report and I thought, man, tell me a little bit about what is the cultural reference to that so there's such a culture of honor there that um unless you experience it it's really hard to explain so i I thought it was really nice that they met us at the airport um it was very sweet like i said flowers garland prayer shawls the whole works but again i didn't realize um until later like wow they literally drove an hour and a half three car two three carloads of people you know, that was completely unnecessary. Yeah. They drove an hour and a half to come meet us at the airport yeah. and then to just drive right back. They didn't come to lunch with us. They just came to say, welcome. Yeah. Yeah, here you are. And then the, then we met them all the next day. When we met everybody at the church yeah. the next day, yeah. it was the same experience. Yeah. So literally, when we pulled into the training center and uh, Pastor Santos's church that, that first day, yeah. um, not the first day we were on the ground, but the first day of ministry. Yeah. It was um, prayer shawls. It was flowers. Mm-hmm. It was people lined up. Probably, Again? yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that took place every church we went to. Oh wow. Every church we went to. <laughs> yeah. So throwing flowers out for us on the ground, and so it was like it's it begin, begins to get overwhelming. Yeah, that would be emotionally. You're like, right? oh my gosh, like this. Yeah. This wow. is yeah. yeah, like this is yeah. it's. Yeah. But there's such a culture of I, honor I it. Wow. that you just don't. We're missing here probably so much. Oh, we're missing yeah. it huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by you know we're probably three days into the trip or so, and uh, you know every church we go to, we're experiencing that. And and I had to ask Santos like, hey, are, is are we going to keep doing this at every church we go to? Right. Like, not only are you greeting us and putting um, flowers on us and a prayer shawl and you know right. welcoming us in such an honoring way yeah. but at the end of every service they're putting chairs out in front of the congregation mm. you know honoring us again people want to come take pictures with us and right. pray over us and pray we pray for them so by the by the, like the third day I'm like hey are we going to do this at every church we don't have to do this at every church like we get it you guys honor us yeah. 
we're thankful to be here. And he was like, no, pastor, we, we definitely have to do it. And I said, well, census, the, like, the churches, these are your churches. Yeah. It's not like we're going to a different, like, right. this is your church we're going to, so can't you just tell the people we already did this? Yeah. And he was like, well, the people at this location are going to wonder why. Why couldn't we show them that we the honor that they deserve? Like I know they did, yeah. but we want to show them that we want that we honor them as well. Man. So again, it, I was about three days in. I asked Santos about it. He told me, and when he told me, it made sense. I got it, and and immediately, you know, the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me. Why are you so uncomfortable with yeah. honor? Yeah. What is it within you that mm-hmm. just doesn't appreciate? You know, yeah. what makes you so uncomfortable about right. it? And, uh, and, you know, you kind of wrestle with that internally throughout the remainder of, of the trip. It isn't anything that Santos or anybody else was yeah. doing necessarily. It was just so different from what we're accustomed to here yeah. that, um, you know, it gets it, it got to be a little bit much. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that was right from the beginning, you know, from the first day we landed all the right. way through. And, um, you know, so I told you, you know, Santos picked us up with his family on that first day we landed. And, you know, you're tired and whatnot. And he's got a, um, a friend of his who was just as committed to hosting us as Santos was, frankly. His name is Moose Leia. Amazing. Is he in the picture with y'all? He's in a bunch of them. The four pastors that are, that are around the no, pulpit? No, 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 That's no. not him? No. Okay. No, no so Moose Leia was, um, was our driver. I see. And um, just a great guy, servant heart. Yeah. But Muslea, for the first two days that now he left his wife and his children, yeah. just like Santos did, to yeah. drive us around for this entire time wow. from church to church, to stay in the hotel in Rajamundri and everything else. Mm. The first two days that we're there, um, Muslea will not sit with us for coffee, for breakfast, for mm. lunch. He would sit at a, a table by himself. Mm. So the, at first I recognized it and didn't say much of anything. You know, we have an our, our, mm-hmm. our lunch that, that day after we, when we landed or whatnot. And I, I think the next meal or so later that night I asked um, Santos, I was like, hey, tell him to come sit with us. Why is he sitting over there by himself? And he mm-hmm. was like, no, he's going to sit over there. Like mm-hmm. it's his way of honoring you guys. I was like, I would be much more honored if he would just <laughs> I know it would be. Come, come sit with me, mm-hmm. you know? And he was like, no, nope, he's not for two days. Yeah. And he was like, it's Santos is trying to convince me, and I believe him. He's like, no, he's my friend. Like, we're friends. But this is his way of showing honor to me yeah. and honor to you guys. Right. By So he would go get our coffee. He would go do, you know, he would open the doors. So that's how we started everything off. But I made sure, like, by the middle of the trip, I was intentional about going to open the door for Moose Leia yeah. and bringing him over for photos and, you yeah. know, the guy, the... Uh, one of the security guards, he got a kick out of that. I would run up and open the door for Santos yeah. and open up Santos's door yeah. for the car. Right. <laughs> they were like, what's this white guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you the only white person? Never saw another white guy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we had you, a normal-sized white guy, and then we have Hans, a giant guy. I don't know if I'd say normal size, but yeah. Yeah, he's a six-foot seven. Definitely the whitest of white. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty amazing, man. Yeah. yeah that you yeah. guys... We stuck out. And, but they just you know, showed y'all so much honor. It just blows my mind that he wouldn't even eat with y'all, which would be the opposite for yeah. us. We would consider that, you know, dishonor, <laughs> right. that you won't eat with me. But yeah. I see that he's giving you space. He's deferring to your privacy. Right. I get that whole level. Some people right. who like privacy would probably really like that in, in, yeah. in cultural, you know, Yeah, so norms. that was, it took, he, and, and Santos said, no, for two days, he's yeah. going to sit by himself and eat. 
and after that second day, then he'll come. But you know, the whole time, um, Hans yeah. and I were very intentional. Like, yeah. where's Musleya? Get Musleya over here. Yeah. We'd have lunch, and we noticed he wasn't. We were at um, Pastor Isaac and Bunny's house one day, and uh, they're feeding us this very traditional Telugu meal on a big banana leaf, and it's an amazing meal. Man, you got a picture of that? I do actually. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. should show that. Yeah. Can we show that? Yeah, maybe we should show that. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you in a moment. Yeah. I'll get it pulled up, but. Um, yeah, this amazing Telugu meal. And what is Telugu? Is that a province or an area? No, it's their, so it's, it's I guess, cuisine. it's like their dialect, the okay. language, and it. like their, um, I see. Their, I guess their, um, like a certain dialect and a certain tribe. So it's served on a banana leaf? Yeah, I'll show you a photo here. I got it right here. So a lot of the, the meals were, were kind of. Oh my. Served on these. Banana leaves. So we'll put it on the screen for everybody to see. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, so I, I noticed here on this day here, actually. Yeah. That's um, Muslea sitting behind Hans. Uh-huh. But he was sitting by the washing machine. If you look in the very back of the photo, okay. back of the room, there's a washing machine. It. He was yeah. sitting in the other room by the washing machine oh, wow. eating on a plate. Yeah. And I was like, uh-uh, no, 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 it's past day two. Yeah. Come on yeah. in, buddy. You're, Come you're to eating, the table. You're eating with us now. Yeah. So what was the food? Uh, chicken, rice? Yeah. Yeah. Just I have variations? No, <laughs> spicy? It was very spicy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very spicy, but delicious. I loved it. I had no uh, no qualms or issues with yeah. any of the food. And did you eat at the hotel a lot? Was there a restaurant there, too? We Close did. By. There was not in the hotel that we stood at. There okay. was one across the street. We would yeah. go there for breakfast and coffee okay. in the morning. And breakfast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you know, uh, just in case, um, I'm gonna make sure everybody's up to speed. Santos and Anjali are the pastors that we are in partnership with in India, and he's the church planter. Uh, and we we got into a relationship with him through one of our other missionaries several years ago, uh, who introduced us to Santos, and we just became a supporter. Uh, and that relationship just kind of blossomed to become, you know, very intimate and close. You know, now he's, you know, Santos and Anjali, and they have two kids. And, and you met Alan and, and Andrew. And Andrew. Mm -hmm. He had two little boys. Yep. Yeah. And you met Santos's parents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what's their name? Do you remember? I do not. How about how about? Yeah, Anjali's? we called them Mommy and Daddy. There you go. See, I could get down with that. How about Anjali's family? Any connection there? We did meet them as well. Oh, wow. I do yeah. not remember. The, see, so yeah. I'm not Pastor Hans. Yeah. Pastor yeah. Hans. He knows, would know their name. He knows everyone's names. Yeah. And uh, he yeah. learns all their songs. And I know the rhythms to the songs, but yeah. he learned the words. Yeah. And, we showed a video of him leading worship to one of the songs yeah. at one of the campuses. Yeah. And what was the language? in Hindi? Telugu. Telugu. So mm -hmm. he learned Telugu, enough Telugu to lead a worship song on, yep. on a Sunday morning. So you guys preached every day, yep. sometimes twice or three times? Yeah. Man, what a yeah, busy you, day. Most, most days it was twice. Yeah. Um, more than half of them were three. It was at least two or three times a day. I think yeah. one day we had one service we did, I think, was for the baby naming ceremony. Oh, yeah. That was, the. F I think, the first day that we, the first ministry day. So new babies in the church have, like, an official naming ceremony? I guess. Of? I'm wow. not certain. It yeah. was for uh, Santos's child, yeah. um, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Hmm. So they hadn't shared, even though Andrew was... Uh, um, a few months old, yeah. they hadn't shared the name his name publicly uh, yet. I see. So that was the day we each preached a message, yeah. and then um, 
shared the name publicly, what, yeah. what the baby's name would be, and yeah. then prayed over him, prayed over the parents. Yeah. The whole church came out. We shared a meal together. It was a beautiful experience. Yeah. 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 Did you guys preach at his church on Sunday? Mm-hmm. You, yep. you did. So what was that like? Tell me about that. Oh, it was experience. great. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So Santos is very charismatic. Um, he's a lot like us. Yeah. Um, he's probably a little more charismatic than we are. Mm-hmm. However, um, his doctrine and everything. So I taught the 16 fundamentals one day, mm-hmm. and... Um, um, uh, so on the towards the end of the trip, we had our um, with the pastors training conference, and yeah. part of what we did during that six hour period was uh, go, I wanted to talk about our, the importance of the life that we live and yeah. the doctrine that we believe mm-hmm. and how those things are, are are related with one another. Yeah. And so anyway, I spent a little time uh, going through the sixteen fundamentals, and. Um, Santos told me after the fact, he said, Pastor, I was really worried. I didn't know. You told me you were going to teach doctrine, and we hadn't really talked about exactly what your doctrine is. And I was like, well, I was going to tell you what the correct doctrine is, yeah, and, well, and hopefully you would get online yeah, yeah, with it. Like he saying, was like, I didn't know you were teaching my doctrine. That's all the things that you said are what we believe. And I was like, yeah, well, that's, well, that's, that's why the Lord's good. Happens, that's good news. Because <laughs> yeah. we're not changing. Yeah. 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 So everything yeah. everything was was really good there yeah. as, far as, uh, as far as that was concerned. But yeah, we taught on the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Sunday service was amazing. People were healed. You wow. know, God was moving in great and mighty ways. So, and did both of you preach or just one of you? No, we both preached at every service. Every service. Wow. So, wow. what we figured out, you know, and this is part of the the just the beauty of the Lord and the sovereignty of God. You know, for weeks leading up, you know, we talked about preparation. Yeah. What are we going to do? What COVID test do we have to take? Yeah. Um, getting e-visas, buying tickets, all that stuff. Well, as a as a preacher and a teacher, yeah. you're also trying to prepare, you know, spiritually. You're fasting and you're reading the scriptures and you're asking the Lord, what do you want your people to know? Yeah. What message am I bringing to them? And for weeks, I just struggled. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what to bring them. I had a list of things. I, I had I had a, a, I had a one basic message and then I had about 20 something pages of material that I planned on teaching. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I wasn't really solidified on any one thing. Yeah. And when we were on the plane, I, I just kind of confessed to Hans. I said, man, I've really been struggling. I don't know about you, but I've been struggling trying to pull together messages to teach. Cause Santos had said like, okay, on this day, we're going to visit two churches. This church needs to know about hope this church needs to know about faith. Mm-hmm. This church needs to know, We the yeah. day three, this church needs to, they're mostly unbelievers. We need a gospel message here. Mm-hmm. This church, so he kind of gave us that heads up. Yeah. But he also said, I want you guys to have liberty to speak on whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Mm-hmm. So I kind of confessed to Hans on the trip there. I was like, man, I've really been struggling to pull together the right messages. And yeah. he looked at me like, I can't even believe you're saying this. Yeah. Not because he was disappointed, yeah. but because he said he had the same struggle. Oh, he said, yeah. I've, ha- I've had the same lack of peace. I don't know. I don't know. He said, I've got one message yeah. that I really think they need to hear. But other than that, I just don't know. And yeah. uh, I said, well, we're going to trust the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're going to. We're yeah. both, you know, fortunately, he's a, he's a seasoned man of God. And yeah. I'm almost a seasoned man of yeah. God. So it was like, I, you are. I, I yeah. felt like we yeah. were going to be okay. Yeah. But still, it's like, you really want, I, I, we really wanted to have that stuff mm-hmm. ironed out before we got there. Yeah. But I tell you, as soon as our feet touched the Indian, soil it was like this supernatural peace from god yeah like we just knew that okay no god is here he's with us he's leading us and guiding us in this whole process and there was no more anxiety there was no more like oh what are we gonna do is like 
No, we were f- fully yeah. confident yeah. that God was was there with us. We could just sit, and, and that's what I told you about you know being around Santos's parents, especially hugging his mom. Like, there's just a sweet presence of the Lord mm. around her and the yeah. rest of the family. Like when you're around them, right. you just know like, no, these are people who pray. Right. These are people who love the <laughs> Lord. These are people who sacrificially give and sacrificially right. serve. So there's just something there. It's like. No, God's here. Yeah. I don't have to struggle. I don't right. have to work. I don't have to strive. He's going to give me what I need in the moment. So we preached. I had one message that was prepared. And in the course of that message on that first day, I taught on the topic that Santos wanted me to teach on. But I had about five to seven minutes of my testimony in the middle of that mm. and um, and taught the main message. And then Hans had, I mean, just a fire word. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a... It's a message he, he's preached um, a couple times in Africa, he said, yeah. and I could see why. It's yeah. just one of those, like, it'll preach here, yeah. it'll preach in Africa, it'll preach it's on a, Mars. It's a word from God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an yeah. amazing message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, we finished that first day of ministry, and I had taught what, uh, what, what I planned on teaching. Hans had shared his message, and there were a few pastors who came out to the baby naming ceremony. And we were going to their church the next day. So the next morning they texted Santos and they said, hey, um, I don't know what the the tall black guy is going to preach, but can he just preach that same message? The same message he preached yesterday, yeah. can he preach that at my church? Oh, wow. My people really need to hear that. And, it's, and instead of that whole teaching that the white guy did, can he just expand on his testimony more? Yeah. So Santos <laughs> is like, hey, they want you to just share your testimony. I was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. That's easy. I could do that. He's yeah. like, yeah, there are a lot of women here whose husbands are in yeah. addiction. Wow. There are a lot of women here whose hus- who are praying for their husbands to get saved. Yeah. And it was like every village we went to, there mm. were so many people trapped in addiction, wow. so many women who are literally just praying for their husbands to get saved, praying yeah. for their husbands to, to uh, get set free. It was like, okay, now this is, this is, this is the message they need. Yeah. And, and it, was just, it really was amazing to see how transferable um, my testimony was mm. in India. Because yeah. oftentimes you would think like, well, no, what happens here is here. And it's like, no, the, the, the human problem, the condition of humanity is the same across the globe. It is. And your testimony, while some of the specifics aren't necessary, the general message of what God did in your life mm-hmm. and um, what you experienced how the grace of God changed your life, that's applicable anywhere. And uh, so anyway, that, that, that was the message that we preached at every church all week long. So yeah. I just, every, everywhere we went, I shared my testimony. So maybe God did give you the message for yeah, the whole trip. Amen. Yeah. yeah, Hans <laughs> preached, he preached the same message yeah. every church we went to, and yeah. every church we went to, people were saved. Every wow. church we went to, people were getting filled with the Spirit. Mm. Every church we went to, people yeah. were, were coming up, you know, right. wanting more of, of the presence of the Lord. So between my testimony, you know, people were, were coming up wanting to be free from addictions. Between Hans's message, people were yeah. believing, because the whole, the point of his message was um, God does exceedingly and abundantly more. And that was, again, just a beautiful point behind his whole message. So he he listed about six or seven examples from the Bible of people who were praying for one thing specifically, and God did exceedingly and abundantly more. Yeah. But then after that first day that I shared my testimony, Hans was like, hey, Pastor Al, I think that I want to like you're going to be the cherry on the top of this sermon. Yeah. We're going to, when I, so I'd share my testimony first and then he would preach. And after, when he would get to the end of preaching, he would, he would, 
you know, you feel like he's wrapping it up and he's like, I got one more example. I've told you stories from the Bible about how God did exceedingly and abundantly more, but we have one right here. And he said, this, Je, Pastor Jen prayed for her husband to get saved. Pastor mm-hmm. Jen prayed for her husband to, uh, to, to get set free from addiction. Yeah. Prayed for, and look at him now. He's traveling the world, preaching mm-hmm. the gospel. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. Yeah. It was such a, <laughs> oh, man. Such a sovereign a move of God. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It was, yeah. so, it was so perfect. Yeah. So, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, yo, you don't have to write anything. Yeah. Every church we went to, some of the villages were small. Most of them were small. Yeah. Um, some of them were in the city. Some of them were very isolated. But the reality was, you know, the Spirit of God was leading us, guiding yeah. us, and with us the entire time. It was, yeah. it was, it was beautiful. You couldn't I, script it. I would love for you to tell a couple of stories, if you would. One, I want you to tell us how Santos acquired the land that we bought to yeah. build the next church on, and the miracle of the guy getting healed out of a wheelchair. Yeah, that's just. A New Testament story. Could you? Yeah. Would you tell the story? Yeah. So so many. Uh, uh, so much of the trip was a New Testament experience, yeah. and and it sounds contrived. It sounds maybe a little hokey to some. I don't know. Yeah. But really and truly, like we were in day one or two, and and Hans and I were like we couldn't believe what we were experiencing. Yeah. You know, we were like, this was, you know, when the Holy Spirit, you read the verse yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. when the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of the ministry, yeah. Hans and I discussed that very passage when we were in India Probably as like, worked. no, the, the Lord has set us apart for this. Mm-hmm. This is what we're here for right now. So it wasn't about having anything scripted and, and all yeah. well planned. It was like, no, we're just listening to the Lord. And yeah. he spoke. He yeah. was showing me so many things, Pastor. Wow. I'm talking about like literal visions. Yeah. Like stuff I don't typically experience here, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I would, I would, just, we'd just be praying, and I'd see a picture, and I'd see an image of something, and somebody would come forward for prayer, and I would say, "Hey, I don't know what this means, but this is what I see when I pray for you." Yeah. And Santos would translate, and people would break down and start crying. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, and has some gifts of the Spirit too. You know, words of wisdom. So it, was, it really, it really was. Yeah. You know, the Book of Acts. Yeah. Type stuff that we were experiencing. Yeah. So you know. Santos on one of those days, some of those days which we're in the inner cities and we're surrounded by radical Hindu extremists Mm -hmm. and you're preaching in churches that have been burnt down to, you know, one or two times previously. Wow. And you're being told like, hey, we can't preach loudly. You can't elevate your voice because there's no walls and it's going to carry and we want the church to hear from you guys, but at the same time, we we don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves. Put them in danger. Right? Yeah. So there are twenty people here who believe that God sent you to encourage them, but at the same time, we don't want to yeah. burn this place down again. Yeah. So some days you're you're moving from that, and then the next day you're parking the car and you're walking thirty minutes through the jungle mm. to get to this little bush village of yeah. 13 families yeah i saw the picture you, you showed me of the family that the houses are literally like thatch hut roof right you know with no flooring it's just you know junk of axe type yeah. stuff so one of the villages so 13 families in that one village yeah okay yeah tell us that a little bit about so there were the, that one of those villages i was the only white guy that I had ever seen yeah they never saw another white guy before, uh, and yeah. most people here would say, "I've never seen a white guy as white as you before." So, <laughs> like, I, 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 I get it. Like, if you see my legs, you're, you're like, "Oh white, my yeah. gosh!" That is, uh, what does Luis call so, you? Uh, he calls me leche. Yeah, which is milk. Milk. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he calls you leche. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, so you know, some of those vi- I never even imagined that I would be yeah. traveling to a village that had never seen a white guy before. Yeah. One of the villages had seen a. I was the second white person they had ever saw. The first was was Alan. Yeah. Uh, so they saw Alan a few years ago, and then yeah. they saw me. Wow. So you know, the, so the, I'm, I just say those two experiences because I'm trying to draw a dichotomy between being in the inner city. Yeah. While it's a city, you're still surrounded by radical Hindus who have literally burned this pastor's church down twice before, yeah. and we're encouraging 20 people. And then yeah. the next day, we're traveling, you know, three hours mm. to get to this isolated people group. And part of the third, part of the three hours is 30 minutes of walking yeah. on a mountainside to get to these people into the jungle. That's the type of trip that this was and that and that varied from day to day so what was the church like there was it a a building or outdoor outside so journey purchased a piece of property in that isolated village okay and a foundation is poured oh boy but they're waiting for walls and a roof just like in Mm -hmm. um Rumpature of Autumn, which yeah. is the story I'll, I'll tell right yeah, now. Yeah, I do want to get back to that story. Yeah. yeah. So so I was just trying to draw a, a, a picture of the types of ministry we were doing from one day to the next. Mm-hmm. So on one of those days, um, we're going to travel—Santos tells us, he says, look, we're going to travel to um, Rumpature of Varum. And I'm probably not saying it correctly, but yeah. it's close enough. Yeah. So the city is—I say city loosely. It's a, it's a fairly large— town and the best way that i can describe it is if you think of mandeville and covington yeah. 25 years ago okay. it was like it's up and coming there are a lot of people here yeah. but you know it's going to get bigger yeah. and as it gets bigger it's expanding outward so santos his uncle and a few other people have the vision and the foresight to understand like no they built a university here yeah. they built a hospital here yeah. this is this is already a fairly big town mm-hmm. and it's doing nothing but growing yeah and there are a lot of influential people who are here because it's it's, it's the other thing it's like it's beautiful there yeah never expected india to be as beautiful as it is as far as the lush landscape mm-hmm. and palm trees and mountains and that whole type of deal right so um anyway there are a, a lot of influential people who live there in that community and um so journey had given some money a few years back and um was able to purchase some property there and get the foundation poured. And that's the, the next church that Santos wants to get built. Will that be his uh, hub church or will he stay in where he's at now? So it'll be more for he, I think that's where he and Anjali want to kind of relocate to, I see, yeah. which is about an hour and a half away from Gangavaram, okay. which is where the training center is. Yeah. So, so he'll the, kind of travel back and forth. So the training center the will two. stay there. Correct. And this will become the mother church, so, so to speak. I don't know if I would, I don't know. I don't know that that is that yeah. language is transferable. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that they both serve. They'll kind of both be on equal par, just depending upon their their locations. Right. So, but I, I do think that what he wants to do is to be able to eventually live there yeah. in Rumpachura Valrum. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of years down the road type yeah. of deal. So buying this land is where the miracle took place. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so so he tells us we're on our way out there that day and he's trying to prep us. Where are we going to see? We're going to go see this property and uh, yeah. we're going to pray for the property and then we're going to go travel to this other church that's um, an hour away or whatnot. And when we're traveling out there, he says, uh, he says, yeah, the whole reason that this church was started you know, they were struggling trying to find the land, trying to purchase the land. And um, 
you know, the it's one of those deals people ask, you know, is is it illegal to be illegal to be a Christian there? And technically on paper, no, it's not illegal to be a Christian. However, so what's written way up here at the federal level, for lack of a better mm-hmm. way to explain it, what's written up here in comparison to what takes place, boots on the ground, are completely different. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you've got individuals who are part of the caste system, you know, and there's six, seven, eight, I don't even know how many different layers of the caste system there are, but mm-hmm. there are individuals in the caste system and they may be from a lower tier and others from a higher tier, but guess what? They get saved and when mm-hmm. they get radically saved, they recognize, wait a minute, there's no there's no Jew or Greek, you know, rich or poor, caste system or not. Like the, the gospel, Christ. yeah, the yeah. gospel abolishes all of this. Right. So they immediately kind of toss all that stuff to the mm-hmm. side. Wow. So you have people like Anjali who comes from a higher caste system mm-hmm. than Santos, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Yeah. You know, and Santos's family, they're fourth generation Christian. Yeah. Um, Angelie's family, not quite that far along, but yeah, yeah they, she, they're, you know, right. she, so anyway, that they, 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 they cross that cultural barrier, if you will. Yeah. So you have people who are from different caste systems who get saved, they get married. Some people start, they actually share meals together. Hmm. They do business together. All these things start taking place when they actually get saved. So while it on paper, it says, Hey, you can be a Christian. In practice, the local governments are like, yeah, that's not good. We don't yeah. want you because you become Christian. Well, then that takes that um, abolishes the caste system. Right. When the caste system gets abolished, these people in authority lose power. Yeah. They lose they lose a lot of control, yeah. which obviously they don't like. So on paper, yes, you could be Christian, but in practice, it's highly frowned upon. And even that's why you have people like those radical. Hindu extremists who yeah. are burning churches down and whatnot. Yeah. That's what's going on there. Right. So he tells us when we're going into this, hey, we were struggling trying to buy property, and um, we, we we couldn't find the, the proper location. Could you know, having trouble navigating some of the legal loopholes and whatnot. My uncle was there, and um, you know, essentially what happened was, I, I, if I remember the story correctly, there's a um, a man who was a paraplegic in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and there's a woman. I don't know what their relationship is to the local government or not. I don't know where they fit in this mm-hmm. hierarchy. All I know is they, um, she, I guess heard that Santos and his uncle had been looking for land and coming into town and whatnot, right. went to them, said, Hey, can you pray for my husband? I heard the Christian God still heals people. Can you pray for my husband? They prayed for this man and he was radically healed to where he no longer needs a wheelchair. So a man who was paralyzed <laughs> yeah. got up and walked. Yeah. Wow. And still walks to this day. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. So the wheelchair is given to somebody who needs it because yeah. he doesn't need it anymore. Man. He obviously became a Christian. And that opened the door for the land? That opened the door for the land. The wow. woman became a Christian. That opened the door for them to purchase the land. It's on a, It's like prime real estate yeah. for that up-and-coming community. Yeah. So Journey provided the funds. The government, the government kind of opened the door, if you will, yeah. so that um, we could actually purchase the property. The foundation has been poured. And that's the video that we showed in church yesterday. Yeah. The woman whose husband was healed was there. Yeah. Hans and I got to meet her yeah. when we were in India. Right. So uh, a lot of these stories you hear, you're like, oh, is that real? It's like, I saw the woman. 
You were there. <laughs> Met the woman. Yeah, we, she was standing right right next to us. Right, so that's the building that we're planning on building. Soon, that's that's or, the one. Hopefully. Yeah, that's the next one that Santos yeah. wants to build. And and his idea here is that listen, we could build a lot of these churches in these isolated villages for five thousand yeah. um, dollars. That's it's relatively inexpensive mm-hmm. to. Uh, plant a church in one of those isolated villages in this yeah. up-and-coming city it'll cost maybe four or five times that yeah however because of its location yeah by a university mm. close to a hospital in a yeah. more influential area of town it'll yeah. be ascending church yeah it'll be one of those churches that has more funds more people and more influence yeah. that can then support some of the smaller yeah. churches so that's kind of the the idea. So there. Santos's church that he's using now is complete. The first floor is complete. Correct. Yeah, and then they had the money for the training center. Correct. Is that right? That's correct. So did you guys use the training center? We walked upstairs yeah. and uh, kind of did a ceremony to yeah. cut the ribbon and so like a, uh, prayed dedication. over it. Yeah. What did you do the training sessions then? Downstairs in okay. the church itself. So you're still there, but probably next time we go, it'll be. Yeah, I'd say within the next couple of months or so. He says he has the funds to finish that, and any funds that are raised now will go towards Rumpachuravaram. Got it. Yeah. And that's so good. Yeah. 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 That's exciting. So, so, you know, you you see that stuff happen where people are literally healed and get up out of wheelchairs, and, Mm -hmm. and you're a part of, you know, prayer experiences and worship experiences where the Lord is just showing you pictures and visions and mm-hmm. giving you words of knowledge to deliver to people and yeah. you don't even speak the same language but yeah. your hearts connect through the spirit in the moment and you're experiencing those things and it and it's it's it is supernatural and it is um, really hard yeah. to convey how special it is to experience that. Yeah. And if it's that special for Hans and myself, I know it's a hundred times more special for the individuals there. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we, we, we say, well, we're going there to encourage Santos and his family. Well, yeah. we encouraged, encouraged every single church that we went to as well. Sure. Cause buying with exception of Santos's church, his main church, Yeah. he has two other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception to that main church in Gangavaram, every other church we went to was twenty people. Yeah, you know they're in isolated villages. They're in isolated pockets of the city, surrounded yeah. by extremists. Yeah, when you have twenty people who are gathering together, who are threatened, you know whose lives are literally threatened. Yeah, and then you have Americans who are flying fourteen thousand plus kilometers. Yeah, in order to come say, hey, God set me free, and He saw me, and He heard me, and He sees you, and hears you too. Yeah, you know the same God that you are worshiping and praying yeah. to is the same God that set me free, and He's the same God that sent me here. Just to remind you, don't quit praying. Yeah, don't quit serving. Don't quit believing. Yes, indeed. You know, so it's like for us, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so powerful to be a yeah. part of that. But I know it's even more so powerful for yeah. them yeah. to be. To, to feel like you're so forgotten. Yeah. You're so inconsequential in the kingdom. Yeah. You know, to feel to when they when they're taking up an offering, you know, when you take an offering for three churches. Yeah. And and it essentially comes to thirty seven dollars. Yeah. You know, and we, we showed those photos and you told part of that story yesterday, but right. you know, that's a that's a heart like I I, I it it's hard. Yeah, I agree. It's just one of those stories that just makes you lose, you know, you, you just can't hardly process it. It's just such an emotional thing. We we received our offering yesterday. We call it One Day to Reach the World, and we do it every year to help 
plant churches and do relief work and that, that kind of thing. Uh, and yesterday, the very first fruit of the offering that we put in that thirty seven dollars you brought back from that village like this is it right here this yeah. is the uh this is the actual money that the um the church the three churches that you can tell the story about yeah collected and these are the coins that the that the journey kids put in you know uh worth less than a penny yeah you know um and they gave you this as an offering for you coming the 30s well um what yeah so this the story is you know, I told you every church we went to, they they wrap a prayer shawl around us. Yeah. At the conclusion of the service, so some of the, sometimes it was twice when we walked in, they were meet to some of the more affluent churches that were able right. and weren't quite so hidden. Like they were, like I said, some of the it's very odd to pull up at a for him to tell you you pull up in a in a car and he says, hey, when we get out the car, don't stop and take photos. Don't meander around. We have to get inside the church as quickly. It's about seventy-five yard walk through a yeah. couple of alleyways. Yeah, we got to get in, and we want you to encourage the church, but don't raise your voices too loud. Yeah, and we don't want too many people to see you because Hans and myself stick out like yeah. a sore thumb. Right. We're going to draw unnecessary attention. Yeah, so it's you know that's that's it's like hey, don't let too many people see you. Get yeah. in and get out. Right. But there are other churches we would visit, and it was like no, there was a procession of people waiting outside. Yeah. Right. Throwing flowers yeah. and putting a lay on you, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like so. From one moment to the next, right. you experience such a wide. So every range. church gave you the flower welcome, except for these three churches here. So what would happen is we'd get into these churches. They give us the flower welcome, or the, at the very end of the service, if they didn't give you the flower welcome at the beginning, they they do it mm. at the end. So yeah. they put the lay on you, put right. the shawl on you. And do the whole deal at the end. Yeah. When we went to that was in Angelese Village, yeah. where we took up that collection, and um, there were two other villages as well as what I found out after the fact. You know, we're sitting there. This is a village that has been decimated by a flood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still. It's. It looks like. It looked like the after effects of Hurricane uh, Katrina. Yeah. You know, except nobody ever came. Yeah. Nobody's. No one picked up the debris or. Changed. You can still yeah. see the wall. The mud. You know, and the water yeah. levels, yeah. you could still see, like, it, yeah. it's it's horrific. And yeah. people are living daily lives here still. Wow. So we, we travel here. It's just starting to get dark. We walk in, and I, and I didn't even realize, you know, we're walking into, um, there's 20, 25 people there, and probably 20 of them are children. Mm-hmm. And um, so, again, you, you know, you're just listening to the Spirit. Right. Whatever you think you're going to do, <laughs> pretty much throw out the window. And these kids are all orphans, right? So their par- their f- what I was told was their fathers are either um, addicted mm-hmm. and battling addiction and not working, yeah. or they're not in the picture at all. Yeah. And some of the he, so Santo said all of the children are supported by Journey. They're fed by the church. Mm. They are their education comes through the church. Wow. They the only reason that their birthdays are celebrated is because of the church. So cakes and wow. singing songs and that's how, like that only all that stuff that any anything special that happens in their life is only happening because we of the church. showed that picture yesterday morning at Journey and uh, the one you took of the church with all the 20 kids and I know that Pastor Santos calls them the Journey kids. Journey kids. Yeah, which is heart-wrenching. You, uh, so you walk in there and and you see these children and and 
and he's saying, yeah, mo- many of these children are orphans. Yeah. Um, we're supporting them. We're taking care of them. Anjali teaches them and disciples them every week. We're yeah. teaching them church songs and this, that, yeah. and the other. Right. And and he and then he tells you, yeah, we call them journey kids. It's wow. like, yeah, it just puts a arrow through your heart. So we're we're preaching and teaching there in that in that little small one room, and um, what kind of building is it? It's. I mean, it's one room. It's so there was another. It looked like I, I assume it was probably a house. Yeah. But it was so it was dark when we when we got there. The sun was going down. You couldn't really get a, a, a feel for what you. Any electricity in the building? There was, but it went off about seven times. Oh wow! So we were there for about an hour and a half, two hours. The structure was made of wood, or metal? it was. Yeah. yeah, it was wood, but there but there was no glass for the windows. Yeah. So it was like a window is here. Yeah. But it's just like some wood scroll work. Yeah. And they would put a curtain up over that so Got the it. wind can kind of come blow yeah. through the place. Right. And so the, we were like in a front one room about the size of a conference room or something. About, like that. Maybe about this big, yeah. maybe a little smaller, probably a little smaller. And it so. was packed with children and, and women. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Hans and I are sitting on one end of the wall. So you would walk in where your bookshelf is. Yeah. And we would s- climb over ki- children. Yeah. literally stepping over children yeah, right <laughs> and we sit right there and then there was about 20 kids and seven or so women no yeah. no men all yeah. uh, towards the back of the room there yeah. so uh, we shared I shared Han shared and then when we finished you know I, I noticed they're starting to kind of pass a uh, collection plate around and, and yeah. you kind of realize what's happening here yeah. like I said the the electricity had went off six or seven times and the culture of honor there is so high and that that's what it all boils down to it's like they yeah. they couldn't get a prayer shawl the they couldn't, couldn't get right mm. they couldn't get the garland so and it was three churches who couldn't do that yeah so the three churches collectively took up an offering and yeah. while we were in that last church they were like taking up the final yeah Bits and pennies and so mites, they, if you they, will. They were giving coins yes. like like this one, right? Yeah. So we're sitting there and we're watching that happen, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do here? Like, yeah. I don't even know, like how, because I know I have to accept it. Yeah. But I'm like, how do I, how do I, how do I accept it on face value, but just give it back to the church yeah. as soon as I walk out the doors? Yeah. Because there's so many, like I'm thinking culturally, like even people who aren't Christian, like to see the white guy come in and then they're giving the guy the yeah. money. Like I had so many thoughts going through my head. That was That's like the opposite of what you want to leave. Behind. Yeah, I'm like I don't want them thinking they're giving the white guy money. I don't want. I don't. I don't even want to take their money. Sure. And there's so many thoughts that are going through my head in that moment. But I. I but same, so when I did mention it to Santos, yeah. uh, and and his words are no, Pastor. Like we couldn't. They couldn't do this. They couldn't yeah. do that. Um, don't steal their blessing. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, okay, no, he's a hundred percent right. Yeah. This is, this isn't I about anything other. Like I got to fight through my flesh. I got to fight through so many other feelings that I have right now Yeah. and just honor what the Lord wants to do. And the Lord wants to bless these people and he wants to bless their sacrificial giving. And again, that's a, that's not a popular message here, Yeah. yeah. but it's biblical. Luke 21. It's biblical. Yeah. So, you know, we accepted their, their offering as hard as that was. And um, mm. when Hans and I got back to the hotel that night, you know, we tried to do everything above board. I said, hey, let's count this together so we're staying accountable here. So, so we counted it all out and I did the math and we we're like, it's like $37 or something, you know. And I'm like, 
what are we going to do here? Am I real? Like, I felt like this was so special. It was such a special moment. It was so hard to see so many broken children, like, knowing these kids don't have anything. And they're putting it in my hand right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, am I just really going to take this and put this with the rest of the money and let it get filtered into, <clears throat> like, mm-hmm. I, to me, it was like, it's way too special to just let that get mixed in with everything else. Yeah. So I told Hans, I was like, listen, I didn't want to make the executive decision, but I said, look, this is what I'm wrestling with right now. Yeah. We counted it all out. I said, we can either do this, just give it, we get back to church, we put it in the offering with everything else, or when we go into town tomorrow, I'm going to purchase a nice box. Yeah. We're going to put a, put everything in the box. I love the box. We'll bring it to to uh, to Pastor, and it'll it's going to be a reminder of Luke 21. Yeah. That uh, absolutely that these gave out of their lack, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be the first fruits offering for for this offering that we're taking on on the thirtieth, and you know that's where we're at. Mm. That's that's what that is right there. And that's yeah. so that when I told Hans what I'd like to do, he said, "No, Pastor, I think you're right. That's what we need to do with it." And and Pastor, so many stories. Um, Santos has texted me so many stories. Yeah. Since he picked up that offering, yeah, one woman who was in the church, who was waiting for um, a court, she had the judge kept putting stuff off year after year after yeah. year, was not getting an answer to yeah. some court judgment, and um, he t- texted me the other day. He said, "Hey, one of the women who was in, who who was a part of that offering, yeah. um, the judge finally heard her case, and not only heard her case but awarded her. It was after years." Mm awarded her he didn't tell me how much money he just yeah. said more than what she was even praying or asking Man. which lines up with what hans preached the entire trip yeah, exceedingly god did exceedingly and abundantly, and abundantly yeah. more than what she prayed for what a word man. she's praying and asking for x and god did more yeah you know and she was part of that sacrificial offering yeah um yesterday he texted i think um Anjali texted um, Hans. I read that this morning. Yeah. yeah. I thought. So, you know, a woman who was praying for a job, you know, yeah. we laid hands on her and prayed for her. So many stories yeah. have come through. She got the job yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. That's, apparently, God keeps his promises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's so many there's so many special stories going into those isolated villages, going right. into, you know, sitting in front of orphans and widows and sitting in front of broken people and you know walk we walked into an isolated village that one village we walked into that day it took us 30 minutes to to travel through the bush to get there and there are people sitting there with bibles they're Mm. wearing stuff that you would expect to see from you know tribal people Mm -hmm. they are tribal people Mm -hmm. but they're but they're carrying leather bibles jesus you know, so I'm going there to to try and bring some encouragement to them, word. and they are there already. Like we're already believers, mm. <laughs> but they're persecuted, and because they're persecuted because of the caste system and because of their faith in Christ, yeah, yeah. they can't go down to the nearest city and get the essential supplies they need. They people won't do business with them, but they already have God's word. So here I show up to go encourage them. Yeah. How do you how do how do I bring them? What do I bring them? They can encourage you, probably. So I did encourage them. Yeah, and they didn't. But but it's one of those things is where like you can't have that thought out ahead of time. Yeah, 
you get there and you see them and you feel what the Spirit is saying, yeah. and then you deliver the message the Lord puts on your heart in that moment. Right. And the only thing I could put on their heart in that moment is, hey, you know, you, you guys are hidden because you're valuable. Yeah. And while all the, you know, every month, it's, I'm, I can't even believe how much Ministry Santos gets done with what we send him. Yeah. Because when I do the math, I'm like, it's like the yeah. fishes and loaves. Yeah. How do you do this? He's how multi- do you support all these pastors? He's multiplying it. <laughs> how do you how do you send an offering to this village every month? Yeah. How do you buy those two water buffalo? Right. How do you do it? And I'm looking at, I'm doing the math, and yeah. I'm thinking of what we send him, and I'm saying, I don't know how you do it all. The Lord is multiplying it all, apparently, because it's it's amazing. Yeah, he's supporting 15 pastors on his staff. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys did the training. Right. With those 15 pastors, but the picture had many more people than 15. Yeah, we have about 50 people there. Who was the other people that were there? Other pastors in the community I who, yeah. who are in kind of like a network with him. I see. So yeah. they may not be journey churches but per se. But he was se. helping train the other pastors too. Yeah, Man, we, yeah. A, come on a, out, be encouraged, come, yeah. come meet our missionaries. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. Yeah. And that is so good. Yeah. Any stories that you want to uh, tell? Yeah, I mean, there. I want to. I'll leave it at that. There are a lot of other stories. There really are a, yeah. a dozen other stories I could run through right now. Yeah. Some more encouraging. Some are funny and and are yeah. good for a laugh. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. probably best to just end it and and say, you know, yeah. God is good. Yeah. He Hans was amazing on the trip. If I'm ever going on a mission trip anywhere, yeah. I want to I want to go with Hans. Yeah, he's amazing. He's got a, a unique ability to bring everybody up a level. Yeah. So he brings the best out of the children he was around, yeah. the other pastors he was around. His yeah. message that he preached was, you know, it was yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. His ability to connect cross-culturally with others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's... he's he wanted to be here today. He really wanted to come, but... He has a real job, you know. Or I should say a real job. He has another job. Yeah. You know, you and I have real jobs too. I'm sorry. That's not a no, I get it. Cutting. 100%. He has another job he had to go to, uh, where he tracks the uh, currents of the ocean. Yeah. So he has other important things to do too. Yeah. So, he, but he did say, Pastor Allen knows all my stories. So have him tell some of them. Anything about Hans you want to say? Anything? I say other than what you, you know. Said? We had a. Uh, so I told you we had an idea of what we wanted to. We thought we had an idea of what we wanted to do ahead of time. It was yeah. like we were trying to plan it out, but when we got, we realized like things ain't ain't. We don't have a lot of peace with this. Yeah. And then after we preached that first day, we yeah. knew like okay, looks like this is what the Lord wants us to focus on. Yeah. So he preached one message the entire time, and I shared my testimony, various aspects of it, depending upon which village we went to and what I kind of sensed in the moment. But there was one village we went to where um, that didn't happen, yeah. meaning where Hans preached a different message, hmm. and um, and it was something the Lord specifically spoke in that moment. Yeah. So we um, we were traveling to this. It was an isolated village, and the story, the backstory here is they were hostile to the gospel. Yeah. Didn't want any presence of the church around. Hmm. Uh, going. This is going back probably three years ago or so. Yeah. And. Um, Santos, being Santos, the mighty man of God that he is, you know, even though they didn't want a church there, this is an isolated village of about 200 people. Mm-hmm. So it's they're isolated, but they're it's a significant group of people mm-hmm. there, deserving of a church. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't accept the church. COVID hits. Santos, being Santos, continues to bring 
supplies to them. Yeah. Every month he's bringing rice. Are those some of the pictures he posted on the Journey Facebook page? During COVID? Yeah. Yep. Oh, man, those were just heart-wrenching to see him feeding all those people. Yeah. So he's bringing rice. Yeah. He's bringing spices. He's bringing yeah. uh, mats for people to lay on. He's mm. bringing, you know, just essential supplies yeah. for people who are not Christian. Yeah. Who don't eat. Who not only are they not Christian, they don't even want a church. Yeah, they're opposed to the gospel. Right. Yeah. We don't even want a church here. Yeah. But month after month, all through COVID, he continued to serve them. So this village of two hundred who did not want any church in their in yeah. their village. I don't know what happened. I don't know how the whole politics of everything works. All I do know is they needed to a new village leader. Yeah. They vote for a young guy. He looks 27, 28 or so. Yeah. Uh, don't you know how God works? God saves this young man. Oh, what? So so now the, the village leader is saved. Santos has been bringing supplies to the village for you know for a year or two. Yeah. Santos becomes friends with this young man, starts discipling this young man, and then yeah. other people start getting saved in this village of 200, which opens the door. They there was a building already from a church that was there generations ago. Mm-hmm. They remodel that church. That's a journey church now. Yeah. Hans and I got to go have lunch in there. It's beautifully painted. It's yeah. on an amazing piece of property. I that's, took a, I'll show you a photo that's after. It's incredible. That. Yeah, so so there's a church there, but the ch- there's only about 6 people. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a village of 200. So yeah. we show up. They, now, Santos tells us on the ride there, he said, listen, these these people have been very hostile towards Christianity. Not exactly sure how this is going to go. I don't really, like he was very hesitant, like, ah, like I don't know about this one. Like, yeah. like he's a man of faith. Yeah. But when we're driving there, he's like, I don't know how this one's going to go. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not a whole lot of people full of faith here, you know? Yeah. So when we got there, there was about 30 people sitting out in the village leader, who's yeah. also a Christian, said, oh, no, this ain't enough people. Yeah. Like, we've got to get more people out here. He yeah. said, you guys just wait a moment. Yeah. So he walks around the village, yeah. rounding people up. Wow. Go, we've got, we, so we can't be called missionaries. Yeah. We have a scientist and yeah. a teacher here. Yeah. They're touring our country. Yeah. Um, they're here in our village. Yeah. Let's go say hi to them, yeah. basically is the premise. So all the, so so we got about 75 people out there now, 65, 75 people who are sitting. Oh my. And it's like that's oh, almost half the village came yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so then it's like uh, okay, we got um, a scientist and everybody yeah. claps. Yeah. And a teacher and everybody claps. Uh, would you come up and speak? Now I'm like, oh, okay, Lord. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> How are we gonna do this yeah. one? What am I gonna say, Jesus? Yeah, so I just started to say, like, I just started to recognize the elders. I could see all the older men were sitting up. You just kind yeah. of pick up on things. Sure. So I started thanking them personally. Hey, thank you for like the village is so beautiful. Yeah. The mount just started just building yeah. our heads up. Yeah. You guys are so gracious to allow us in here. We're so yeah. thankful. India is so beautiful. We can't believe it. I said, man, I, I'm from a small place just like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from, it's from, it's called St. Bernard. Yeah. <laughs> And man, it was a small fishing community, and a lot of it we knew one another and whatnot. Yeah. And to you know, and a lot I dealt with a lot of addiction growing up, yeah. and to deal with the addiction that I dealt with, but to be here in India in this beautiful village today, man, it's just the grace of God. And I don't know what you guys believe, but I believe in a God named Jesus, and and He led me here, and blah blah blah. Nice. So so that's kind of how I how I led into it all. Yeah. And then Hans gets up, and I'm thinking he's gonna like he's got a dynamite message. Mm-hmm. But he gets up and he just he preached through the book of Jonah, chapter one, two, three, wow. and four, all off the top of his head, all spirit led, in an illustrated way. 
Meaning we grabbed another pastor. Yeah. We picked him up. I'm holding his leg in his away. arm. Yeah, <laughs> Hans is holding him. We're shaking him, and the, and people in the and you know people in the crowd are yeah. sitting there, and we're acting like we're gonna throw this man on him. Yeah. So and this is all you know, Hans. Yeah. You know, this is all him improvising. Grab it, grab him, Pastor Al. We yeah. grab him. So yeah. and he's just. He's a dynamic storyteller, a man who uh, who hears the spirit very clearly, and um, and we presented the gospel in such a clear way. At one point, we had one of the pastors there. Uh, we were demonstrating Jesus on the cross. So I'm holding the pastor's hands, and Pastor Hans is holding the other guy's hand, and the pastor's standing there. So at one moment, we were tossing this guy over, and 20 minutes later, we've got him nailed up on a cross. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just Hans being Hans. Mm-hmm taking these people through the story of the gospel as illustrated um, through Jonah. And, uh, and it was amazing. You know, and at, yeah. so at the end uh, of that message, you've got 30 people or so who come forward and say, can you lay hands on me? Can you pray for me? I need to be set free. Just like you were trapped in addiction, uh, I'm trapped in addiction, or my husband's in addiction, mm. or whatever the case. And Hey, I want to know more about X, Y, Z. Would you pray for me? I need a job. I yeah. need this. I need that. So again, when we left that village, so we brought, we brought a lot of rice, and we brought mm-hmm. a lot of gifts to the people as yeah. well. When we left that village, all Pastor Santos could say was, wow, wow, wow. I can't even believe what just happened. As like, a sovereign move it was spirit. like, like he was like, I told you on the ride out there, he was like, I don't really know, God. Like, he's a mighty man of, of faith, but at the same time, he was like, this is going to be a hard one here. Wow. This is a hard nut to crack. And the Lord did just the opposite. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Wow. It was so good. <laughs> that was some great stories. Yeah, man. and there's a hundred more. Yeah, hundred more. some great stories. Um, maybe we can have some pictures too, some of, uh, some of the stuff that we shared yesterday. Yeah. We gave people to see. Man, I've been. I have been so inspired by all the stories I've heard you and Hans tell and the pictures that Santos has been sending and the testimonies that Anjali's sending. It's just it's just incredible what God is doing there, and we're just so fortunate to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I know yesterday uh, was our One Day to Reach the World offering. We don't know even what the uh, total is yet. The count team is actually counting it as we record this, so we'll right. know at the end of the day. You know, So we're excited because we can help uh, – some more churches in India, Journey India. Uh, we're also going to send a team to Argentina. Yep. They'll be leaving a week from now. Yep. So Pastor Ken, Pastor Tanya, Pastor Andrew, and uh, six other Journey people are going to Argentina yeah. to serve Pastor Luis as he plants a new church in Tucumán, Argentina. So we want to be part of that. Yep. Uh, and, of course, uh, Oxaria and Danielle were here a few Sundays ago, right. and we want to put a roof on their building in uh, in Valencia, Venezuela. And, man, just what a privilege it is to be able to uh, partner with church planters and missionaries and apostles, modern-day apostles who are just taking the gospel to people who've never heard, those mm. who don't know. And Santos is doing that. He's yeah. preaching the gospel to those who've never heard, those who don't know. So is Luis. So is uh, Oxaria and Danielle. And what a privilege it is. And then our friend Kirk and Amy Priest, they are in uh, uh, in Slovakia planting a church among the Romani. You know, we're, we're excited about what they're doing. And around the around the world, and, you know, the local church is the only hope of the world. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, so excited that Journey is 
part of what God's doing on the planet. You know, I just want to tell you from uh, from me, Miss Rachel, and from Journey uh, Fellowship Church how much we appreciate you mm. and Pastor Hans. Thank you for for going. Thank you for bringing the word of encouragement to Santos and uh, bringing the good reports back. And we just appreciate your uh, you and Pastor Jen who you know sacrificed two weeks of your life to make make that happen. And we're grateful for that. And um, and thanks for helping us to um, you know build some new churches yeah. in India. So Yeah. Well we it's my pleasure. You. Um you know, as we said when we kinda kicked things off, the whole the traveling is a challenge. Yeah. And um, you know, jet lag and even coming back, yeah. you know, all of it caught up with me. I, you know, I had about two days of jet lag yeah. when I landed yeah. there. But coming back it was probably a good six or seven days where wow. I So you were just, still rattled, huh? Just cloudy and just couldn't feel normal again. Right. But with all of the challenges and struggles that come with, you know, I missed homecoming. My child Alvin went to his first homecoming and I was out of the country. It's and, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So there are different things like different events going on that I wasn't yeah. a part of here at home. Yeah. You know, that you, you kinda get sad and you know, I wish right. I was there for that. I know. But um the reality is, you know, for the gospel to continue to go forth, yeah. for God's people to continue to be encouraged, you know, for those little pockets, yeah. I think eight or nine different churches, yeah. you know, six or seven of them, 20 to 25 people yeah. to recognize like, hey, some Americans came. Like, this is a day that goes down in their history books. Yeah. You know, they took a photo with us and it's going to be on the wall in their yeah. church and they're going to yeah. see it and, and pray every Sunday and thank right. God that God didn't forget about them, hmm. that God sees them, God hears them, because we went and, and you know, shared our testimony. Yeah, so thanks on behalf of Journey uh, to Jen the, and to your kids yeah. for the sacrifice you guys made for the kingdom. Yeah, for, may Jesus get all the glory. For for the king and the lost man, may, may the king... Amen. Receive the reward of his suffering. Amen. So uh, God is so good. Yeah, he is. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> we can cry later. <laughs> God is so good. I can't wait to get the report next Sunday on what our uh, what our missions offering was yesterday. You know, it's going to be a great day to celebrate. And um, if you want to give, if you're watching online and, and the Holy Spirit has spoken to you through our stories, or you just want to be part of what we're doing in India or in Argentina or Venezuela or in Slovakia, uh, you can still give. It's not too late. You can give at jf.church. Just follow the online giving. Uh, there you'll see uh, the, the button to click. Or you can give from the Journey app. Uh, if you don't have the app, I encourage you to download the Journey Fellowship Church app. Go to your app store. Type in Journey Fellowship Church. Uh, you'll see our app. It's free. It's packed with uh, resources and past sermons and ways to get connected. But you can also give right from the app. Uh, so if you want to be part of this, uh, you can send uh, through jf.church or uh, through the Journey app. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Pastor yep. Alvin. Inspired by the stories. Love what God did. Appreciate all the sacrifice. And uh, last thing I want to ask you, uh, do you think you'll go back soon or what's the plan for the next? Yeah, God willing, I'll yeah. go back. Yeah. I have, I, you know, everybody I know who's ever been to India said, nope, I've been once. I yeah. have no yeah. desire to go back. Yeah. I had a different trip than, than yeah. everybody else. Good. You know, Santos yeah. is an amazing host. Yeah. Um, he's doing some great work there. Yeah. I would gladly take a few people back 
next yeah. year or the year after, whatever yeah. you know, the Lord allows. Let's, let's prayerfully consider a return trip in the next year or 18 months to mm-hmm. go back, uh, and, and maybe a small contingent with you. Now that you've been there, you you you, you can be a seasoned leader. Yeah, we would definitely leader. do some things a little bit different, but yeah. I think it yeah. would be great to have a few other people experience What that. would be the size trip you'd want to bring with you? How Probably many people? Four people. Yeah, three, may, four people. maybe five total, mm-hmm. counting you. Yeah. Well, let's pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Uh, if you're part of Journey or if you're interested in uh, missions and you want to connect with us, uh, we'll be talking more about that. And, of course, we'll give a report. Especially when we start building the building in the new, uh, on the new campus near the university. Uh, So, anyway, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for watching us. Uh, This has been Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. Uh, It's our podcast here. We release uh, about one a week or so, depending on what's going on. But uh, we love to just tell the stories, and sometimes we just take our time. Uh, Sunday morning, we don't have time to tell the whole story. This has been an hour-long story uh, that we couldn't have told on a Sunday, but this gives us an opportunity to go in detail. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. There's a lot of past stories. If you want to go back and watch some of the other stories uh, I didn't tell last Sunday, Uh, you can also uh, read my my blog. It's uh, it's weekly. Publish every weekend, usually Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. I put a new blog up, uh, but you can you can also follow along. You can read, watch past messages uh, on the app if you would like to hear uh, what we're preaching or follow a current series, or even look back to some of the old uh, series that we did. They're all posted on the app. So thanks for joining us today. So I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, and you've been watching stories I didn't tell last Sunday. <laughs>